Welcome to the Digiday Podcast. I'm Brian Marcy. I'm being joined by someone actually in an office right now, uh, Porter Barry. <laughs> Porter is the uh, your VP and editor-in-chief at Fox News, yes. Correct. Okay, I got the title right. So what is it like being in an office? For those of us who don't remember... It's, um, it's fun because you get to see people, so you're not lonely and you're not, uh, you're not stuck at home. Um, but it's not what it used to be. That's for sure. I mean, you know, this, this was a, a, a bustling place with people all over the place and, and, and COVID has changed all that. I feel fortunate to be able to come into the office, but my team's working remotely. So, uh, it's, I, I, I love it. I mean, I want to get into all the issues, bit. but, but, but do you think that it's going to change how you, you guys actually operate? I mean, the, the New York times sent out an email today saying most of you are not going to be in the office this, this year. Absolutely. No question. It's changed. It's, it, it's not going to change. It's changed. And I'm the uh, anomaly. I'm, I'm the exception to the rule. I'm literally the only person in here um, from digital. But we have a whole team that is working seamlessly and beautifully uh, from remote. And in fact, when we started, you know, at the beginning of COVID, obviously, when you're thrown into a situation like that, and you've got to figure out, all right, you've got reporters, you've got editors, you've got video producers, you've got a photo team, you've got all of these people who are working in different places that are used to being together, you're thinking, all right, let's kick the tires, let's look for the weaknesses, are we going to be slow on breaking news? Are we going to miss this? Are we going to miss that? And that was the first couple of weeks. And after the first couple of weeks, Brian, I said to myself, you know, this is going really well, like really well. And about a month later, I started thinking to myself, what's the upside of having people come back into the office? Now, we haven't answered that question yet totally, but mm-hmm. I, I would uh, argue, and I think the, the, you know, sort of a detached analysis of it would, would, would uh, substantiate the argument that we're doing as well, maybe even better working remotely for a whole host of reasons. Yeah. Um, but we don't, we don't know yet all the sort of, you know, cause it's like, it's a special circumstance. Everyone is outside the office. It's going to be different when some people are in the office, some people aren't in the yes. fashion. And I think digital, I mean, I don't know if you would agree or disagree, but digital is different than TV production. I mean, what we're doing now is a podcast. So there are some more, there's some more yeah. coordination and elements that are involved, but digital generally speaking, um, doesn't have the same requirements if you have a TV show and you've, mm-hmm. you've got hosts who are on set. Well, there's something that's good TV, for lack of a better word, by having them on set. Whereas with digital, um, you know, someone can do their reporting, make their calls, uh, file it to a copy editor, send it up to a senior editor. We've got a homepage team through the technology. You know, tech, we, we clearly wouldn't be able to do this without technology, right? We use yeah. Airship, we use Zoom, we use Slack, text messages, and everything else. This would not be possible if the technology wasn't there. But because of the technology, um, it's really enabled us to perform at, at, at a level that I'd say is even better than we were doing before, and we were doing great before. So you're on the digital side, although you were on the TV side, so you Correct. know the TV world, right? Yes, I've been at Fox for 15, 16 years, and the vast majority of it was on the TV side. So yeah, it's uh, that's why I was able to, you know, the, the, the Fox News overall is different than Fox News Digital in terms of the operation and what's required to do the job successfully. And I think it's much easier to do remotely if you're talking about digital versus television. Okay, but the approach of the digital versus the the, the cable channel is it's mirrored. Or no. Mirrored? 
I mean, like, I mean, how how different is it running the digital operation versus the the cable news operation? are you talking about in a COVID era or are you talking about just in general, speaking? in general, then we'll get well, into the oh, overlapping okay. crises. So, <laughs> that's a great question. And I would say that there are similarities, um, but it's not the same, right? That what I always go back to when I was doing television, um, you had an out, let's say you have an hour a day that you're responsible for, right? After yeah. commercials, 40, 45 minutes, whatever the case may be. So you're limited by time or space. On digital, you're not. So I don't need to tell you this, but on on, mm-hmm. on digital, we've got news, we've got politics, we've got entertainment, we've got health, we've got science, we've got lifestyle, we've got opinion. We're also able to bring in all of the other um, great elements of Fox News Media. So we're taking content from the channel, making it available to, di- to the digital customer. Taking things from Fox Nation, same thing. We've got a great podcast that we uh, do a write-up on every day that we're able to pull in. So unlike television, where if you're producing an hour-long show, you got to cram everything into an hour um, and cover multiple topics with multiple guests, you don't have that issue on digital. So you're limited by the amount of people that you have and the amount of uh, content that you can produce. But it's, mm-hmm. but, it's, but it's much, much wider range of topics and depth of Mm -hmm. coverage that you can get on digital than you can in your typical hour-long broadcast. But visiting foxnews.com, it should be the same kind of experience as watching the cable. Like if, if, if the things that the people that, that everyone is talking about, let's, let's leave the, the opinion uh, stuff to the side in the, in the evening on the news programs, the big stories of the day, that's to be mirrored on, on, on the site. Um, I wouldn't, I would say sometimes yes, sometimes no, but I would go back to again, that even, even in, uh, even in the news space, because if you're on TV, you're still, you've got that hour and you've got those, you've got those, uh, limitations around how much you're able to do. I mean, on digital, you're not. So there may be some news on, I don't know, some celebrity passes away or some story that may not, they may not have time for it on television that you're able to do on digital. I think generally speaking, um, I get your point to a degree that a lot of the things that you see on the channel, you will find on digital, but you'll find that uh, and more because we have so yeah. many different sections and there's so much breadth of coverage. You're not going to, maybe you're not going to have time for a weather hit Um on on TV, but you've got something that you can put on .com. Maybe there's some fun, interesting tidbit coming out of Hollywood that you're not going to do a segment mm-hmm. on, but there's time for a write-up and there's space for it on TV. If you go on digital, I think if you added them up, I, I may not have the exact number right, but I think that there are somewhere between 150 and 200 slots for places of content where content can be placed just on the homepage. Forget yeah. section fronts and whatever else. So think about that. That... That is a lot of stories that we're covering every day that um, we can throw in one place where you can basically go and take in the world in mm-hmm. a relatively short amount of time that you can't do on TV. So um, on, on that, um, I- explain just a little bit when it comes to um, how you view the current crises that we're in. Okay, so I, I think we're in three overlapping crises, if you will. There's obviously coronavirus. There's the economic crisis um, that 
sort of sprung from that. And then there's a, a social crisis um, uh, there, and, and that is around both, I think that's like multifaceted too, because there is the sort of cause, which is, you know, police brutality and systemic racism. And then there's the effect, there's protests, and, and then there's also some social disturbances. But let's start with, with the coronavirus. What has been the approach that you've taken? I mean, I, it, it definitely is different going to foxnews.com than going to CNN, your big rival, uh, um, at least from the dueling press releases I get every month about who's <laughs> bigger. Um, it, it's definitely different, right? Um, to be honest with you, I don't spend a lot of time paying attention to CNN. I'm here to I tell wake you it's up, different. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's okay, good, good, good to know. Um, I think, well, let's start, let's, let's start with coronavirus. And I think I'd take us back to March, right? And the, the newsroom was upended. Everyone had to go remote and we, we had been covering coronavirus, but it literally, once, once the, uh, stay at home orders happened, it started to impact and, and affect every aspect of American life. So the first thing that we did at that moment in time was we basically went all in on coronavirus, whether it's the, what was the daily updates from the administration, whether it was streaming the press conference from Governor Cuomo, whether it was reporting around numbers that are coming in from around the world and locally. But then, you know, there's the science around it. There, ever, there, there was what should you what should you watch uh, on the weekend since people are spending more time at home? We realized that coronavirus was literally uh, impacting every aspect of, of American life. So we went all in editorially to try and find the stories and the angles that were relevant and interesting um, to our audience. And, and it was successful, I think. I think it was important and it was successful and our coverage was 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 comprehensive. We didn't miss a beat. Um, that prob I can't remember the dates exactly, but let's say we went a month and a half where we were all in, and then you know there was talk of will baseball come back or what's going to yeah. happen with football or all right Hollywood shutting down production here and there. There were we where we were uh, getting out of the all in approach, um, and that sort of evolved just naturally as, as, as the, as the news warranted. And obviously, um, after, uh, after the Floyd death, that's changed things, you mm -hmm. know, once again, and, you know, we'll get to the economics of this at the end, but, but, but since Floyd, there have been a ton of, there's been a ton of news and it's happening in many cities. It's happening in Minneapolis. It's happening in Seattle. It's happening in Atlanta. It's happening in New York. And quite frankly, it's, hap it's, it's happening all over the country. And we're all in on covering every aspect of it and having multiple voices on it. You know, it's, it's an important moment, um, with a lot of really tough topics and, our sensibility coming in is we want to tell our audience everything that is important, interesting, and newsworthy on a daily basis. And I think that people are trying to absorb what's happening. It's a social change. And so we want to have a variety of perspectives on on, mm -hmm. on what's happening in the news. So our But let me ask is, you this on the coronavirus. Is there a variety of perspectives that you're trying to have? Because I mean, I know, look, again, the, the opinion side is different. And I think early on there was, you know, you see all the viral videos of, of different Fox News opinion hosts um, who were casting doubt on this as a as a hoax or as, you know, something that was made up or it's just the flu. Obviously it wasn't. Um, 
at the same time, we've had, we have the highest like death toll, I think, at this point, and it's spread to the south and and the west in particular. Um, but it's not that prominent. If I you go to foxnews.com compared to to other not news sources, I mean, more people are dying now. I would. I would disagree. I think that our coverage is comprehensive and we're not, we're, you know, the, the, the world has changed over the last month, month and a half. There's a lot of other stuff that's in the news. Um, monument statues start- and stuff like well, that. Well, monument statues. New York yeah. is reopening, right? Um, you got 40 million people out of work. Um, and I think that, that we're not miss, we're not really missing a beat. Anything that's important and relevant, we're there and we're, we're, we're covering it. Um, and we, we we had been from the jump. Obviously, things have changed as the country has opened up more and more. Um, but it's not uh, it's not something that's no longer uh, of interest. You know, we, two months ago we were having multiple press conferences, long press conferences every day. We were just in a different environment, and I think that's I think that 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 has changed um, not just from the coverage that we're doing, but but the the the, the situations and issues that the same leaders who are doing the press conferences are dealing with, right? Talk about the social unrest. You talk about the protests. Um, there's a lot going on. And what we want to do is cover all of it. I mean, so, but the prominence of it has definitely gone down, right? I mean, you, you said that after the first like month or so. Um... Well, I, I don't think the prominence has gone down. And and I don't think I, I, I said that. I said we were literally, when I say all okay. in, I mean every reporter from yeah. every section was wall doing wall. every story on coronavirus. That yeah. hasn't, that's not the case anymore. Okay, got it. Um, so let's talk about like the different like social issues, because I mean, since then, um, you know, we, we had the economic crisis, um, which exposed a lot of inequality, um, exacerbating inequality. And then the George Floyd killing, um, and the protests, um, explain the, the sort of approach that the, the Fox news approach to covering this, which is different from, I, I know, cause you don't, you don't see them, but I see them. It's different than, than like say the C- CNN and New York times. Um, I look, I can't speak to what they're doing or how they're doing it or the decisions that they're making that I, I but what I would say to you is that anything that's newsworthy and that's happening, we're there and we've covered it. Um, and when it comes to perspectives, I think, you know, when you're going through something like this, it's valuable to the readers and the audience to have a variety of points of view on the topic, right? Um, it's complicated. It's tough. It's, 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 uh, it's a lot to absorb and it's a massive change. So I think the more information, the better, the more voices, the better. Um, people of goodwill on all sides coming coming together to try and examine these issues and navigate their way through it. I think we're serving our audience by doing that. And if you go to the website, especially when you get into um, the protests, you're going to, you're going to get all points of view Mm -hmm. left, right, center. I don't even know if those are the right words to use at this point, you know, it's, it's, but, but, but it's a variety of perspectives and opinions. And I think the audience, if you come to our uh, website, um, you're gonna you're gonna hear hear from everybody, which I think is valuable. Yeah. And not to get back to the competitors that you mentioned, I don't know how much they do of that, but I can assure you that that that, that we've got them all. It's definitely less on statues, less on this uh, Seattle zone, um, for sure, and less on grievance. I got to be honest with you. There seems to be a lot of like social grievance 
and I think that's the thing that that people wonder about, particularly this time that obviously there is, you know, a lot of division in the country. Um, but it seems like there's a lot of like grievance, like with the statues and stuff. I don't really get the importance of it, but the importance of what? I mean, like if all the things going on in the world, um, it, it just seems uh, there's a lot about about grievances. And so I'm just trying to understand what the Fox News like approach on the website when it comes to these kind of like social grievances. Well, I think you've got to take them probably one by one, right? Statues going down are newsworthy. I mean, Mayor de Blasio was asked about it at his press conference today. Um, you've got news coming out of uh, the military where they're considering renaming bases. Um, I don't know. that That's news. It's new, It's newsworthy. And, and I think it's a piece of the coverage that most news organizations would, would report on. No? Oh, I, it's definitely a piece of it. I, it's just like, I, again, I'm just like doing like sort of ABC testing and like, you know, the, a lot of, a lot of people are, are, a lot of others are focusing on the explosion of cases in coronavirus, particularly in the South and, and the West. Um, you know, as I said, the death toll's never been higher. Um, and, you know, there is, is a lot of things going on in politics, the Bolton book and, and yeah. everything else. Which we, which we covered. We had, a, we had a ton yeah. of stuff on Bolton. We, Brett Baer's interviewing him. Um, we, you know, the, the, there are a ton of coronavirus cases and, and we're covering them. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's there. I mean, it's, right. all, it's all newsworthy. And I think this goes back to the opening of our conversation. On digital, you're not limited by time or space, so you can you know you can cover it all. Mm -hmm. So the goal in in digital is to be the biggest, and I, I joked about the 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 dueling press releases because it does happen every month. CNN CNN says it's the biggest by in some realm, and then Fox News says it's the biggest in another. I think realm. if you're the best, then things will take care of itself, and the, our goal is to do the best, most comprehensive presentation of anything and everything that is interesting and important that's happening in the world. And I think that there's only one Fox News. Um, you know, probably I bet if you went to a number of the competitors, you're going to see a lot of similarity and commonality. Anything that's important you're going to find on Fox News, but we're going to have more sides to probably most stories that are being covered and um, aren't going to be missing anything on on what, what everyone would consider big news events, right? Are the... Demographics of uh, obviously it's much bigger than than the cable channel. Though the cable channel is the biggest. Um, are the demographics different when it comes to, or maybe even psychographics when it comes to the digital side versus the cable news side? I would guess that the cable news side skews older, but maybe not. I it's it's a it's a great question, and I've been asked that question my entire career. Um, when I was in TV and when I was on digital. And to be honest with you, I've never really paid a lot of attention to it. I have uh, never woken up and said, well, we're going for this demographic or that demographic. I, I always had a mindset of Fox News um, sees the world a little bit differently. We're gonna cover more news than probably most places. And if we do that effectively, then the audience will come. And I think that I, I think that we do, but we never wake up thinking, oh, we're targeting uh, this demo or that demo. It's just never, it's never, it's never been front of mind when we're thinking about content. If something's interesting and newsworthy and compelling, it's probably going to appeal to a wide, wide uh, range of people. 
Right. I guess I, I was just out. I mean, the sort of after effect, I mean, just the, the, the numbers that are sent to me from Fox News every month about the, they're far higher. So I'm just wondering whether or not this is a um, they're far higher than the cable channel. If this appeals to a different group, a larger group, maybe then that are tuning in to like Hannity or, or something at night. I've never done any of those kind of comparative uh, analysis, I, 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 so I can't answer your question um, with any, you know, any in, any seriousness. I think I think it again. It just goes back to if you do something well, and to your point about the great numbers that we have, it's true. I mean, we're we're up multiple double digits in all of the KPIs, right? Page views, uniques, time spent, and I think that's a reflection of who we are and what we do. People come to us and they wind up consuming a lot of content. They wind up consuming a lot of content, presumably because they like the content and they want to get mm -hmm. more and more of it. So our audience is loyal, they love us, and they keep coming back, which is a good thing um, because you've got satisfied uh, satisfied customers. And you, I think in the long run, you have satisfied customers by um, delivering a great product. And I think that, the, that we do that across sections and across the board. Is it easier or harder to sort of make the delineation between opinion and news when it comes to digital versus TV? Because, I mean, I, you always hear the TV, the newsroom saying, no, they're, and you even see it at the New York Times. It's like, no, that's the opinion stuff. That's not like, you know, and, and regular people are like, I don't think see those kind of differences. And I know with Fox News, you always hear about the Hannity um, and Judge Janine and stuff like this, but then the news is different. Is that easier or harder balance when it comes to digital? I think um, that the audience is really smart. And if they see someone who's delivering an opinion, they know it's an opinion. And if they see someone doing a news report from this location or that location, they're able to distinguish between the two. I think on digital, our opinion content is is labeled as such. So if someone pulls up a piece by whoever the case may be, you know, Newt Gingrich, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, uh, any of the many commentators or people who write opinion pieces for us, the audience knows what they're getting. And that, that is a piece of information that they use to help interpret what's going on. And if there's a story about a uh, tornado in Florida, they know that that's a news piece. Right. Um, I mean, the, the audience is inundated with information from Twitter, from Facebook, from digital, from television. We're talking about some pretty sophisticated customers uh, across the board. That's not a Fox News thing. I think that's just a, a, a blessing of us living in 2020 and having access to so much information that uh, it's coming at us from all places. But I think that your average person is smart enough to, to figure that out. Right. So tell me, I mean, you've, you've been doing this for a while. So what are the particular challenges of being in the news business during a Donald Trump presidency from your point of view? Or are they no different than they were under Obama or under President Bush, both of them? Well, I think that there's no question it's a different news environment in the era of Donald Trump um, from the kind of president he is. Um, you know, he he's tweeting all day long. He probably speaks publicly more often than other presidents historically have. And so there's a lot of content. Right. Whether you like Donald Trump or you don't like Donald Trump, um, there's a lot of Donald Trump. And so to that extent, I think it's different. Um, 
We'll see what happens as the campaign heats up. It's, you know, again, it's a little bit of a unique environment, right? We're in mm-hmm. coronavirus, which means typically you'd see people, you'd see Vice President Biden or or President Trump out on the campaign trail. And we haven't really seen a lot of that yet. So I don't know how things are going to shape out, shape out in the fall. But there's no question that it's a different, uh, it's a, it's a different uh, era. It's a different type of presidency and and that because mm-hmm. of that there's a heck of a lot more to cover and i think and he's particularly media obsessed he's media obsessed yeah and he's yeah and you he's, guys he, in the new york times it's like yin and yang i don't know what like is yeah, going I on mean, but he's obsessed with both yes well and i think that a number of 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 folks in the media um there th- there's a media component to this too right yeah. i think that the media is covering Trump presidency a lot differently than they did, say, the Obama presidency or the Bush presidency um, or the Clinton presidency before that. Some of that's technology, right? Reporters and and people are able to express themselves beyond their own shows. Um, and I think a lot of it is uh, this president in particular and people's strong feelings uh, either way on it has changed the way uh, many in the news media would historically cover a president, which I think is also an interesting story. In what way? It sounds like you're saying there's more, I don't know, I'm not going to use bias, but there's more personal uh, feelings um, in the coverage of this presidency than there would have been. I don't, like I said, part of it could be technology, right? Part yeah. of it's, part of it's Twitter. Um, part of it's, it's uh, the fact that this president mm-hmm. is more engaged with the media in a way that uh, historically other presidents probably didn't, right? So, I mean, it's, uh, part of it has to be that he, he's he says more things that are demonstrably false than than any previous president right, by well, every measure by every measure that I've seen and just by my own understanding reality. Right, but the, the, the tone the tone of coverage I think is different tone, now than sure. it has been has, than it has been historically. That's more I, than. But I guess I wonder, I like you see, you see report, you know, you see people who may not have engaged in the same same way historically and i don't know maybe that remains the same uh with with the next president and whether that's Mm -hmm. in in next year or the four years after that it'll be interesting to see how they how 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 they're covered i don't know but i mean i guess from the news perspective is, is that a particular challenge like I, you, we've seen like a rise of fact checking and, uh, you know, some of the real time fact checking, you'll see, what is this, Chirons, Chiron, whatever that, I don't even yeah, know Chirons, how to say them. Chirons, see, I'm like, I have no idea. You know, though it's like, you know, Trump is, you know, saying something that's not true and stuff like this. And there are definitely instances where, I mean, the guy speaks so much that like some things are not going to be true, but it seems like a lot of things are untrue. Um, how do you approach that? Because I mean, part of the, I remember an early podcast, I had Michael Wolf on here and he was like, you're supposed to dictate, you're supposed to like, as a reporter, take down what people say. Um, and that got a lot of backlash. How do you view that role as far as, you know, you have a role, he's the president of the United States and not wanting to be the arbiter of like what is true and what's not true, or do you? Want I think to you report what he says, and you let the audience make up their mind, and you have as many uh, voices as possible helping people interpret whatever the particular news of the day is. And there are always multiple points of view on whatever the topic is. But I think that the approach has to be in the same way that we would do it with uh, uh, Vice President Biden. Vice President Biden goes out and says something, we're going to re- report what Vice President Biden says. Same thing with President Trump. 
And this is one of the benefits of, I think, having so many places that you can get information. And people are sophisticated. They're, they're, uh, they're getting news from a lot of sources, which I think overall mm-hmm. is probably good for democracy. Yeah. So, I mean, which of the criticisms of Fox News bothers you the most? Is it the brainwashing? It sounds like the brainwashing one. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't pay much attention. I don't oh, come much on. Attention. I don't, you have to, you have to come in contact with it. I, honestly, I don't. It's, if I spent my time worrying about what critics are saying about Fox News, then I'd have less time to do my job. So I'd rather spend my time doing the job as well as I can and having a team doing the same thing um, and then let the chips fall. You know, I, we've got a great team of journalists on digital. We've got an amazing channel that uh, I think does a better job providing more content, more context um, than any other news operation. Okay. I mean, one of them is that it's sort of brainwashing people because it's providing a, a point of view that I mean, everyone is, as like elderly parents has dealt with this. Um, and you're, I, I, I guess what I'm hearing is there's never been a, a, a greater diversity of information sources that people are using. And so... Well, and yeah. we have it here. We have yeah. it on .com, right? So the idea of brainwashing is... is doesn't even make sense, frankly. I mean, if right. you have if you have people who don't like the president who are regularly regularly featured and part of the conversation, it's hard to yep. argue that that's what's happening, right? Um, which is why I go back to I love the idea of having more points of view, mm-hmm. um, the marketplace of ideas. You give people the news, you give them analysis from multiple perspectives, and they can make up their own mind. I mean, that's yeah, that's what are freedom's you- all about. That's true. Uh, are, are you surprised that, at how politicized everything becomes now? Like, I mean, uh, we're the only country on earth where, where face coverings and masks are a political issue. Like, how did this happen? Do you have any idea about that? I, that's a question that you have to go and ask 300 million people. I can tell you, um, I just, the, a couple of weeks ago, I was in the Midwest for a week. And just over the weekend, I was uh, in North Carolina, and it's a different vibe. It's a different sensibility than you're going to get in Manhattan. Now, maybe part of that is that Manhattan is a little bit of the epicenter of the coronavirus crisis, right? That it's, it it's, was. It's, it's, it's not anymore. Well, but it's it it hasn't impacted other communities in the same way and so i think yeah. people's sensibility around it i don't know is it a political issue i don't know if it's a political issue i think that different people in different places are making different choices and yeah i, I think that it i think that you probably have to say at this point after 3 months of a lot of coronavirus coverage people are likely pretty well informed and can make up their own minds about what they want to do or don't do. Yeah. I don't know if they're informed. Being inside is different than outside. No, but what I was saying was in the in, in the Midwest, not as many people are wearing masks. And in North Carolina, not as many people are wearing masks. In yeah. New York in New York City, um, you know, it, it's eighty or ninety percent plus, it feels like. I mean, that's, that's yes. Yeah. Just me walking on the streets saying some that. of them are pulled down though, let's let's be honest. But, in New York? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, true, true. But they got No, it. I'm in Pennsylvania right now. There's a lot you know, fact is there's open space, but like I they're and I, I think I, it's different if you're outside than if you're inside. Yeah, yeah. But it clearly has become, I don't know, at least from everything I read, it's become its become a, maybe not a political issue. Maybe that's the wrong word. Maybe it's like a social identity issue or like, you know, it's about freedom. I'm not wearing a mask and stuff like this, which I don't totally understand, but 
um, I guess that is the market. Well, there's different contexts, right? If you're if you're inside uh, in a in a in a tight space, that's different than if you're walking outside yeah. and not around anybody. Yeah, I I don't like running with a mask. On. And there are some people who don't want to wear them um, ever, whether they're inside in a tight space or outside. And there are other people who want people to wear them, whether they're outside and not around anyone or inside. So it's you know I think people have to take in the information, make a smart decision on what's good for their health, their family, their loved ones, and people they care about. I don't think anybody's coming at this saying, you know, they don't care about people, people's health or dying. They're, they're doing their best job to uh, navigate a new circumstance. Yeah. Uh, speaking of new circumstance, we're coming into an election. How do you expect, first, it to, obviously there's going to be a lot of differences between this election cycle and last election cycle. Um, you know, judging from the rally, it was, what was that? Saturday? My God, Saturday. it seems like so, so long ago. I know. Uh, judging from, from the rally, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, uh, Fox News got a lot of ratings covering these, these rallies and, and other channels, but live and stuff like this. I don't know, kind of a, kind of a rocky start it looked like. Um, how do you expect this to, or can you not really expect how this cycle will play out? The end of the cycle. Well, it's like we were saying earlier. I mean, it, it's going to be a different kind of campaign, right? What's the old thing about shaking hands and kissing babies? Like, that's, yeah. I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of that this election cycle. So, how are the candidates going to get out and connect with uh, potential voters? Um, is TBD? I mean, leaving the rally this weekend aside, um, it's at some point, I think they're, they're going to be out meeting with voters and talking to voters, but yeah. what's a safe way to do that? What's a smart way to do that? I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, I think that's a better question really for the campaigns than to us, wherever the news is, we're going to be there and cover it, you know, whether it's, it's, uh, in a, in a, in a rally hall or in a, in yeah. a debate. I mean, you know, we'll just have to wait. We just have to wait and see. So the planning right now is conventions. Like we are covering wall-to-wall conventions. Yeah, but what are they going to look like? I, I don't know. I don't, Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville's tough. I, I, I look. I'm thinking about moving to Florida, and yeah. so I'm I'm tracking the cases quite quite closely. Oh, you mean you mean for corona the coronavirus yeah. aspect? I mean the coronavirus aspect to. I mean, look. I mean. I think it's gonna it's gonna change. Uh, as I said, your news organization you're gonna react to to the, the campaigns and 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 the environment. Um, but you know, conventions are a staple of, of news coverage of every presidential campaign. And I think I know. So how, what are they gonna look like? How are they gonna do it? I don't. You know, I mean, we'll have Zoom, to, we'll, giant yeah. Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> which is a whole different uh, a whole different feeling, right? On the Thursday when the candidates come out and they give their speeches and the balloons and the celebrations. It's, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. So final thing is, is, uh, around the black lives matter movement. I mean, uh, the, as I said, the killing of George Floyd, um, ignited a lot of introspection, both within organizations and also how their coverage when it comes to systemic racism. Um, any of that within Fox news? Well, of course. I mean, this is a, a, uh, monumental event, not just George Floyd, but the situation in Atlanta. You've got people protesting all over all over the country and all of these other things that are happening as a result of it, right? So is there conversations around it? Of you know, the conversations are around this is there there are a lot of 
big things happening and we want to be there to report on it and tell tell the audience uh the who what when where why and then have a number of voices like i said going back to this idea of having voices from all sides to help help uh the audience and the american people navigate our way through a a, a new era um mm-hmm. but yeah. no changes as far as like the coverage and and the approach to like issues like police brutality and systemic racism well i think that we're we're covering we're absolutely covering it i mean it's it's a new phenomenon right it's it's something that mm-hmm. happened as a result of of george floyd in terms of the, the the issues of racism and police brutality are not new but the the uh the the nationwide aspect to it we haven't seen anything like this at least in our lifetimes so yeah. we are looking to be there for anything and everything that's happening whether again that's protests whether it's charges being fi- uh filed in Atlanta we streamed that we, you know we 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 covered it whether it's uh the memorial for George Floyd I mean I think there were like gosh I, I think five or six we streamed all of them uh on dot com uh, we wrote all of them up and basically you know I go back to we want to be there to cover it in its totality and 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 if we do that fairly and comprehensively it'll help the audience uh make good decisions around policies whether it's in local communities for police or uh, you know elections um you give people the information they uh absorb it and they make up their own mind i mean i think that that's sort of the classic journalistic approach to an important story is you want to be there you want to mm-hmm. cover it comprehensively and 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 there you go so final thing is just on that like Diversity in newsrooms has has gotten a lot more attention too, and over needed, like much needed attention. Is this something that I mean? Because when we talk about a diversity of of viewpoints, um, that is a priority uh, within Fox News is to make sure that you have a a workforce that is as diverse as this world that you're covering. Absolutely, we want to have a diverse newsroom. Um, one of the interesting things. Uh, in the remote era, hmm. um, if we want to call it that, right? Um, we've learned that people can do their jobs or a lot of jobs from anywhere. So having the ability to hire people from all over the country and not just in you know New York and Los Angeles and Washington, D.C., I hope will enable us to bring in talented, interesting people um, from all over the country that will bring diverse perspectives, diverse viewpoints to, to what you were talking about earlier. This is off topic from BLM, but um, on topic for coronavirus, you know, having reporters who live in other places that bring uh, a different a different sort of set of eyes to things, I think is very, mm. very, very important. But like geographic diversity, you mean, or? Um, all the, no, all the above. Oh, okay. So you all put like the, geographic diversity in with sort of having representation of people um, of like minority backgrounds or? No, we have, I mean, th- there are people of all different backgrounds who currently yeah. work on digital and throughout the company. And it's never, that's never been something that, that uh, we sat down with a pen and paper and looked at numbers per se, but we, mm-hmm. but we, but we, we definitely have people of all backgrounds. Um, and that's important. And, yep. and I, when, it, when I say geographic doesn't just mean, you know, there could be someone who's in a minority community in Texas, 
that uh, is great and wants to be at Fox News. Yeah. Um, and having a remote workforce enables us to go and pull people in who yeah. want to be part of Fox News that is hard to find in New York or Los Angeles. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see the the impact that that has this being able to recruit people from all different places on the 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 overall comp composition of newsrooms because i i could see i could see them actually becoming less diverse um in the sense of um maybe they could become more diverse they could i don't i don't, I don't know i i, I, I don't know i, I, I uh <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I'm not sure how you, how, how you arrive at that necessarily. I think that there's, if you have opportunities to hire anyone from anywhere, it opens up all kinds of possibilities. So the not, so it actually could be, it could be even more so. Could be. We'll see. Okay. Porter, thank you so much. Appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. And thank you all for joining. We'll be back next week with a new episode.